0: Right now, today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told, and nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash The Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 109 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. Now, I got a great show planned. Let's get into this. Journey updates. Well, we are down one pound this week. For the month of September so far, we are down 1.8 pounds. Total lost since January 2019 is 157.6 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to our current milestone goal of 175 pounds down is 18.4 pounds to go. And the pounds remaining to get to our 200-pound milestone is 43.4 pounds. Since the 75-pound milestone, I started making what I call a cushion goal. So whenever I hit a milestone, so like for instance, I recently hit the 150-pound milestone, I set a cushion goal. I based my cushion goal theory on how much weight I can fluctuate because I noticed that when I would hit a milestone, if I would immediately after that have a weight fluctuation, I noticed a, a mental, there was something there where I like kind of went through this whole thing of feeling like a failure and all that stuff. I didn't like feeling that. And I wanted to get away from the milestone as quickly as possible. Whenever I would go right over the milestone, like 150 point whatever, I would immediately set a cushion goal. I could fluctuate like six, seven pounds easily. So I decided that my cushion goal would be nine pounds. So when I hit the 150 pound milestone... I set my cushion goal, and at this point, I'm about a pound and a half away, so that would make it total loss of 159, that would make the cushion goal met, so we're just about 1.4 pounds away from the cushion goal that I set when I hit the 150 pound milestone, and I do this now. Ever since I hit the 75-pound milestone, I have been doing this because of the psychological thing I would go through when I would pass that milestone. So here we are, we're 1.4 pounds away from that cushion goal, but the other milestone goals are still ahead of us as well. Now, if you were listening last week, I began an experiment, and to briefly go over it, I I recently had to go through some training in my job so that I could become a trainer for a brand new software upgrade that the entire corporation is going through. And then I would become a credential trainer to help train my coworkers in the new software. When I started to be the actual trainer and I started to have a class schedule, I noticed something. And that was that when my time to eat was restricted, I did not find that I was hungry. Okay, so I currently eat on a schedule. And when I was eating at home, I would eat breakfast. My first breakfast would come at 630 in the morning. And my second breakfast would come around 10 o'clock in the morning. Then I'd have a snack around 1230, and then lunch would be 230, and my last meal of the day would be dinner, and it would be somewhere around, say, five between 530 and 630. But by 630, I would be done eating for the night. So when I started teaching, I couldn't exactly break out some snacks at 10 o'clock if I'm in the middle of teaching. So then all of a sudden, my second breakfast, that 10 o'clock little meal there, ended up, I ended up eating it at more like at 12, because that's when my actual lunch time has to happen when I'm teaching. So that second breakfast happened basically about two hours later than it normally would and became my lunch. Now, the lunch that I would eat at two o'clock or two: thirty was no longer being eaten because I'm still teaching at that time because the second class starts at one and then goes until four o'clock. So I'd be driving home with my actual lunch still sitting in the back. But I would, for the most part, I would feel satisfied. Now there were certain days when I'm driving home and I'm feeling hungry. I noticed that Okay, yes, I felt hungry, but there were snacks in the bag that could have satisfied me long enough to get to 5.30. I didn't have to eat the actual lunch. So it became an experiment. Last week was week one. Where I would eliminate, at minimum, the sandwich I have every day for lunch. The sandwich is a five-point savings. There is a potential, because I eat two fruit with that sandwich, there is a potential to have a nine-point savings. I don't need to lose the nine points. I get blue dots Monday through Friday, no issues. There's no reason to eliminate this. But because I noticed I didn't feel like I was starving, I thought maybe at this point in my life, I don't need to be on a scheduled eating. The whole reason I built this idea of scheduled eating is because the beginning of my journey, I was so terrified to ever feel hungry that I made it so that I actually went as far as writing down the times I started to feel hungry. And so then I scheduled a food intake about a half hour before that time. The theology was if I never ever felt hungry. I would never go in crazy and binge. I'm here. I'm down 150 pounds. All with that theology. From day one, I started to build my food plan. And then elaborated and started to come up with a food schedule. So once I found the foods I liked, then it became never ever feel hungry. When do we need to eat to never ever feel hungry? And here I am. Almost four years in, besides starting this experiment, I have been eating all this time to never feel hungry, and I am down over 150 pounds. So the method works. Now, because I realized this, that I didn't need to do it anymore, maybe with this idea of you know, training getting introduced into my life, did I really need to schedule eating still? It made me rethink everything. So that's the whole reason for the experiment. So now that week one is over, I could tell you that I had trouble on one day. When we talk about Monday through Friday, because that's really the, the experiment goes Monday through Friday, because I don't really eat the same way on the weekends as I do Monday through Friday. We got to the end of the week. The most difficult day of the week was Thursday. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I teach. I came home Thursday to do my normal work. Friday, I was home also, but I was teaching virtually. So, it was the same schedule as if I was standing in the classroom. So, now because of that, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all went smoothly. Friday went smoothly, even though I was home. But Thursday, being back, to my normal work, there were some psychological issues. 10 10 o'clock came and I started to look for food. And part of me said, okay, this is definitely psychological because how can I do this for four days of the week? And then this one day, it bothered me. I made it through week one. If I need to make adjustments, I'm thinking that I want to go a protein route. For week two, I'm going to keep it going. No adjustments. We're going to leave it the way it is. So lately, well, I'm saying lately, but in reality, it's been over the past year or so. I do a lot of viewing things on YouTube, you know, different types of shows and stuff like that. But I guess because of my habits of, what I'm searching for and with the content I'm absorbing on YouTube, I've been getting a lot of ads that are targeted by fitness. This one ad keeps playing where the guy is, t- he's, I mean, he's a, you could see he's a male bodybuilder or whatever the case may be. He's talking about how cardio alone will never get you to your goal weight. It'll make you soft but it'll never get you there. And I thought it was interesting. And I said, Hmm, I don't know. I never really took it seriously because the same guy in the same ad a minute or two later is trying to sell you fat burning pills. And then, but then at that point I started hearing it elsewhere. Just from people selling nothing. And I'm just like, okay, how is that possible? How is cardio alone not going to get me to my goal weight? The curiosity began then, really, if I really think about this. But it's been passive. It's not been something I have aggressively gone after. Now, last week or so, I'm listening to a podcast that I listen to. And it's called Mind Pump. These guys are personal trainers They are bodybuilders. They have won competitions, all kinds of things. And they're talking about basically the same idea, how there are benefits to basically eating a certain way where they call it eating in bulk, right, where you actually eat more food than you burn. You take in more calories than you burn and then you work out in a particular way that stimulates muscle growth and doing this would be more beneficial to you than cardio alone because of all the ads that have been coming at me on YouTube and wherever else I I decided to listen. So after listening to it, probably now at this point I've listened to that episode Probably three or four times, to be honest with you. I am now rethinking my entire plan. I'm going to talk about my plan and maybe how it's going to change right after the break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed if you choose this day to say this creed you are accountable to me the author you are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed but most of all you are accountable to yourself now recite with me the accountability creed Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day, it is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And now it's time for... Random facts you didn't know you needed to know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. Today's random fact comes from our listener Patricia. It's about ant eaters. Ant eaters are edinate animals. They have no teeth. But their long tongues are more than sufficient to lap up 35,000 ants and termites They swallow each day. As the largest of all four anteater species, the giant anteater can reach eight feet long and from the tip of its snout to the end of its tail. The top speed for the giant anteater is 31 miles per hour at 32.7 degrees centigrade, roughly 91 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Anteaters have the lowest body temperature of any placental mammal. Anteaters are clever. They know that if they destroy an entire anthill, they won't be able to return to it for another snack. Therefore, the anteaters will never destroy an anthill because they need it as a source of food. Moving quickly is key. Although the anteater is covered with a thick mop-like fur, it is not immune to the stings and bites of the ants and termites. The giant anteater will eat rapidly as possible. Its amazing tongue moving in and out of 150 times a minute more than the more than twice a second. Anteaters are also good swimmers, using the freestyle stroke and their with their long snout as the snorkel. Dr. Daniel Amen created an acronym, ANTS, meaning Automatic Negative Thoughts, and he collects stuffed anteaters to remind him to get rid of his automatic negative thoughts. I too have stuffed anteater to remind me, maybe you need one too. (laughs) Patty. Well, thank you, Patty or that random fact. If you guys are wondering why I just read that, it's because that whole training and experience I just went through caused me to have to face a fear, a deep-seated fear from fourth grade. And that fear was reading aloud. So because of this, I decided to make reading aloud part of the show. If you desire to contribute a random fact, Please email the show and the one promises I won't open it until I record and I will never edit the footage. So if you want to contribute just in the subject line, make sure you put random fact or fun fact, something like that. So I know not to open it and send it to the ranting weight watcher at gmail.com and I We'll read it aloud and it won't be edited so that we can gauge my success at reading aloud and defeating this fear once and for all in my life. Well, until next week, this was a fun random fact. Now let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So from the first part of the show, I was talking about a podcast podcast. Called Mind Pump, that has had one episode that really sparked curiosity in my thinking here. My entire plan seems to be up in the air at the point at this point. My one plan has always been this. On January 12th, 2019, I walked into my Weight Watcher studio with this one thing in mind. I want to drop. 200 pounds, and then I will reevaluate my life. I didn't know what reevaluate my life meant, except that reevaluate my life was my way of saying that the journey was not over when I got to the 200 pound loss mark. It was my way of telling myself there was no end. I would get to this goal and then I would re-evaluate and come up with something new. Since I've been in this, here I am almost four years in. January 2023 will be four-year anniversary. My mentality has evolved. And now there seems to be more of a picture in my mind of what I wanted to do when I got to 200. And that was to chase one of two different body types. Either way, I would be hitting the weights. It was a body style like Bruce Lee, which was extremely muscular, but extremely lean. Or it was to chase a body like The Rock, where it would be extremely muscular. All of this was get to 200 first, And then, you know, get really down and dirty and start chasing, make that final decision. And then that podcast comes into my life. The whole podcast is geared toward women. And he's saying why women should try eating in surplus. So that means eating more calories than you take in and then training in a certain way that promotes muscle growth. He says the idea of this was that you could be more beneficial in the long run and it would be more sustainable to keep the weight off if you were building muscle along the way. I mean, I've heard that many times. So that wasn't news to me, that building muscle helps you to sustain weight loss because muscle burns fat. But he put numbers to it And he made it make sense. He says, okay, you're doing cardio only. Let's say you drop 10 pounds. Now you're looking at the scale and you're thinking, yay, I dropped 10 pounds. But what's the breakdown of that that loss? What if he says five pounds of that is fat and five pounds of that is muscle? Because when you're chasing cardio only, you're going to lose muscle as well. He says, what if it's five and five? Your body fat percentage remains the same because you lost an equal amount of both. However, you've now made it harder for you to continue to lose weight. Because if it takes muscle to burn fat, you've just lost five pounds of it going forward, you've made it even harder for yourself to keep going because of the way you lost that muscle. And then he goes into explaining how it kind of causes plateaus because you, your answer to this is to eventually eat less food. So you eat less food and you drop a little more weight. And some of that weight is fat And some of that weight is muscle. You've lost additional muscle. And now it's gotten even harder. And as you keep losing weight, it keeps getting harder and harder and harder to burn fat because you keep chasing it the exact same way. And your answer every time it gets really hard is to reduce food. And people hit plateaus because they're... They don't want to reduce food and all these things. And everything just comes to a halt, including our metabolism. Where if we ate this certain way, where it's to eat in surplus and to work out in a way that promotes muscle growth, we could manage, get to a point where we could be eating three and four hundred calories more a day. And we wouldn't even have to worry about it because the muscle we've built is burning that much more without us doing anything extra. So the muscle you build would require additional food just to exist. And even then, this wasn't news to me. Still, the way he put the the numbers to it, But each time, because of the muscle loss, it got harder and harder and harder to continue the journey because the less muscle you have, the less fat you can burn. So instead of getting lean, you're getting flabby and soft because you're losing muscle instead of fat. I'm sure that I don't have all of the details because so much of what he said is foreign. I don't understand it. But I can't pretend that it hasn't been constantly on my mind since the first time I heard the episode. It has been so present in my thinking that I might change my whole plan. That getting to two hundred first first may not be necessary. And that maybe I might want to start chasing muscle growth now. But I would have to come to terms with one thing. During the process, during the becoming consistent in the kind of workout that promotes muscle growth and the kind of eating that promotes muscle growth, I would have to realize that at some point the scale is going to halt. It doesn't mean my body is not changing. Because if I am losing fat but gaining muscle and the weight stays the same, my body composition is changing. That is the goal. Body composition change. The body fat percentage, as long as the muscle is going up and the fat is going down, we're going in the right direction. The body will change eventually. The scale will come down or it may not. He used this as a sale tactic. He had a coworker, and this it was a coworker who was a woman. So whenever he had a client, a potential client that was a woman, and he said, What do you think about the benefits of building muscle? Right away she's like, No, 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 I don't want anything to do with muscle. I just want to lose weight. I want the number on the scale to go down and that's it. That's all I want. And he would call his coworker to the office and he would just announce her name on the intercom, tell her to come to the office. And he would say to this potential client, if you can guess her body weight, I'll give you a free month of training. The potential client obviously takes the chance and she says, okay, sure, I'll guess her body weight. And they look at this woman and they say, oh, definitely like 109, 105, 110 at the most. And when he's throwing numbers at her like 130, 140, 150, their their jaws drop because this woman is made primarily of muscle. So when she steps on the scale, the scale is is a different kind of number for her because muscle is more dense and takes up less space. Her body shape is not reflecting her body weight because it's mostly comprised of muscle. So then right away, these women would suddenly want to chase building muscle because of this woman. And then he would go even further. And he would tell his co-worker. To tell these women. What, they, what she eats on a daily basis. And they thought it was even more crazy. That this woman be this size. And eat this much food. But it was all because of. The amount of muscle this woman built. In her body. And her body was a completely different shape, and composition because of it. I have to get over this hurdle, knowing that if I chase this, the scale might come to a halt, and it might mean something completely different. It may even go up. Who knows? Depending on how I do this, all I know is whatever I do, I'm going to take my time to make this decision. I don't know that I am psychologically ready to chase something like this. A few episodes ago, I talked to you about getting to the promised land. And how I am willing to take Anybody with me Who wants to get there But here's the thing Getting to the promised land There's nothing easy about that In fact Getting to that Better version of yourself is probably going to be one of the most scariest things you ever accomplish But here's the one thing I know from listening to all of those people that are so successful at anything they've done. They have had to face a moment where they were completely scared. And they faced it anyway, no matter how uncomfortable no matter how fearful it actually was. They wanted what they wanted so much so that they were willing to risk it all and do whatever it took to get there. And maybe what they were chasing is different than what I'm chasing, but the same theology applies. It applies to me and it applies to you. And if we are going to make it to the promised land, We will have to face fears that make us totally uncomfortable. And unless we face them, we will never get there. And you know what? We may face those fears and we may fail over and over and over again. But when we succeed, that last time, when we finally succeed at what we do, it will be so incredibly worth it. Making it to the promised land, that final time, when you finally succeed at the one thing you've always wanted, your whole life. When you finally put it all on the line to do everything you ever had to do to finally get there, and you accomplished it, It will be all worth it in the end. Nothing compares to that feeling. Nothing compares to that day, that moment, that realization that you're finally there. You've made it to the promised land. Come with me. Cause I'm going, no matter what it takes. I'm going to get there. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.